As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. I'm very aware of the fact that I think the last, like, six episodes of Time's Ours, we have started the show by celebrating the arrival of a new signpost in the season. I know it's sort of the tried-and-true method for opening this show, but today, I mean it once again. We got through training camp and into the preseason, but oh, the real season did begin on Saturday. I don't mean the beginning of the second preseason game. There's still a whole other preseason game to go, and the actual regular season feels like it's basically six months away. It's more like a few weeks. We'll get there, but oh, my friends, if there's anything that you come to Times Ours for right here, powered by The Athletic on The Athletic, available wherever you get your podcasts or ad-free in The Athletic app, with Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, I'm Joshua Briscoe. If there's anything that this show has prepared you for, dear listener, mm. it is, what's that? Smell it in the air. Look outside. What color are the leaves? Mm. What season? I'm sorry. What season is it? Not fall. Not autumn. Still summer. But it's fort season, baby. <laughs> Jody, fort season is here. It's the most wonderful Jody. time of the year. Jody. We, we were talking about this man when he was a wide receiver. You, and we, we have arrived, my friends. Kids, we've known this man since they used to have four preseason games, okay? Yes. That's that's how long we've had a rapport, a relationship uh, with Jody Fortson. We are... <sighs> doesn't it feel good, fellas? Oh, it feels oh, so, so good. I mean, Seth, I, look. You know, as evaluators, you don't want to take things too seriously. But look, you you identified it early, you know, and he's now the greatest wide receiver in <laughs> in franchise history. Let's just let's just be honest. The greatest the greatest tight end to ever wear number eighty eight for the Kansas City Chiefs minimum. You know, you this is why you uh, you sign up for this job. You know, people think that. It's because I have a love for writing or a love for football or a love for bringing information to people or as a way to get a foothold to proselytize to the masses against their will. (laughs) And you're all wrong. It's only 
so I can say I was right, right about someone. That's why all of us do this, and we all know it. Uh, I've actually been thinking about writing an article about how much of sports media coverage at this point. When I check my Twitter timeline, I feel like what I read over and over is. But see? It's, just, it's stunning how much this new information confirms my priors. But you know what? I want to be part of it. And so yes. it is stunning how much Saturday's game confirmed what I, in my infinite wisdom, I'm leaving you guys by the roadside for dead. Wow. I, fine. That's in fine. my Very infinite wisdom, <laughs> knew that Jody Fortson, he, all he does is catch touchdowns. I, I saw someone tweet after the game, like, there's a legitimate chance Fortson has, like, 25 catches for 24 touchdowns this season. <laughs> and I feel like that could happen if they called it up enough. But I, I love it. The, it, it makes me feel good because, you know, he got hurt and that stunk because he's he's had some health stuff. But, like, people, after he got hurt, people were like, oh, I don't know. You know, that, that roster's tough. I mean, he he's he's on the 53. Yep. And he he's getting snaps with the first team. And honestly, if I were opponents, I would say, huh, that is a little bit, di- like, all the things that everyone got so hyped out about for, for Josh Gordon or Justin Ross, like, you know, some of these guys, like, you have that. Like, Jody Fortson can do those things. It's like, I mean, you, hey, I'm just going to throw it up to you in the corner of the end zone, Jody, and you're going to be guard, you're gonna be guarded by a really good cornerback in Kendall Fuller, and you are just going to be way too big, way too strong, and have too good of ball skills, and there's nothing he can do about it. And it worked. Yep. Yeah. I'm here for it. It's literally, it, you may, might as, Patrick Mahomes might as well be throwing the football to a transformer standing two yards deep in the end zone. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, it could be, it could be Kendall Fuller if his arms got six feet longer than maybe, maybe he could have done something within his power, but he's a mere human being. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, Kendall. I apologize. <laughs> you brought some great memories to these fans, but right now the only memory we're remembering is that you just weren't big enough for Jody Fortson. You just weren't big enough. The only thing missing is he didn't do the short guy celebration, which <laughs> I say as a dude who struggles to try to skyscrape to 5'10 on my best day, I am here for the short guy celebration. It's the most disrespectful <laughs> but funny thing every single time. It's just so funny because you just got done, you know, jumping over. So, like when Daryl Williams did it. Oh, against oh, the that's Raiders. The, that, doing, oh, doing that as a guy who's what, 5'10? Right. That was so funny. Incredible. And when Kelsey did it against the Chargers, that is one of my favorite celebrations. And I I, I hope it stays around forever. Um, and so I, I just it is such a cool thing. It, it, he's got a unique skill set. And here's the thing with Fortson, he's not just 6'6, right? He doesn't just have a good wingspan. Obviously, those are good things. But people like People don't talk enough about the idea. Like, it doesn't really matter how tall you are. Just by the way, KCSN is talking smack to me now on Twitter because I I asked them if Ken can get buckets, just if I sound distracted. Anyway, this is a whole cover. This is a whole pre-show conversation that honestly we should have just been recording and turned into the open. But it's Jody Ford season, so we would have ended up here anyway. Yeah, that deci- that describes like three fourths of our conversations. Like, why True. did we start recording? Yep. Um, people don't talk enough about ball skills and, and the ability to time your jump, the ability mm. to, to have body control 
that allows you to contort your body to catch a football being thrown. Like Mahomes put something on that back shoulder throw in the first one. Yep. I mean, there was something on that. It's kind of similar. I mean, very, very different types of catches. But in this one respect, uh, Fortson's catch in the back of the end zone, I think it was against the Chargers last year. Yes, yes. That, that, like, that thing was hissing as it flew through the air. And he can hang on to that. And he's got good body control and good ball skills. When you combine that with that length, now, is he a guy that's going to get himself a ton of separation all the time? I have no idea, but he doesn't need to because open for Jody Fortson is basically just existing on the football field. <laughs> and and it's awesome. And I want to see every chance he gets, he does good things. And it just, I need to see more, guys. I just can't get enough of Jody Fortson. Also, for the record, I wrote about this dude. Yep, that's right. We're coming full circle because that's what it's really about, guys, is about me and whether I was right. I wrote about Jody Fortson in preseason of 2019. I defy anyone to be in earlier than that. It doesn't exist. It, 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 you, you can't. I mean, you'd have to go to Valdasto. Uh, God, I butchered the name. Excuse me. Valdasto State in Georgia to, to identify this man like, you know, scouts do. But we're not, we not worried about that, okay? When the television was on, we all saw it. Uh, he was mossing people in that Green Bay Packers game. Um, it's just. It's all he does. It's all he does. All he, look, all he does is catch the passes that get to him and, and, and some that shouldn't. Yeah. And, and think about this. You know, every year, um, you know, since this podcast has existed, you know, we have been um, evangelists for for this man and his skill set. Yes. We, we really have. We have. We have gone near and far to express. Uh, why Jody Fortson should be um, really considered in the Chiefs' offense, and and to further Seth's point, boy, it felt good um, when he not only made the fifty-three man roster last year, but was a early contributor, earlier mm. than I think people on the staff thought, um, because he's that talented. Now, what's interesting this go around, and and you guys have both mentioned it, but you know, he's coming off of Achilles injury where, you know, he, he tore it. Um, it was clearly this, this next chapter in his career and he's returned from it, perhaps a better player. And that is somewhat stunning. Um, even with today's advanced medical science and our understanding of how, uh, you know, bodies can heal and recover faster than, you know, previously, but, you know, I, I I'm writing the story where it's hopefully going to explain, you know, what he went through a year ago, how he came back so quickly. I, I think the timetable was seven months was his rehab yeah. essentially. Um, he did have a quad injury in training camp, which was a little bit concerning. And you know, as much as I gritted my teeth, I had to put him on like my stock down because it's just like, hey, I, I hadn't seen him in pads. He's coming off of Achilles injury. He's got this quad thing now. He missed the first preseason game, and now all that's erased because he's when when fully healthy. Uh, he needs to be a part of this offense moving forward, and I think his contributions were really the only big difference from the first preseason game. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps Washington will be slightly better than Chicago. Who knows? But they're in the same ballpark, and 
the Chiefs did in the first <coughs> half what I think they should do in both games. Um, but for this case, Fortson sort of reestablishing himself, sort of reminding people of his skill set and the trust that he now has with the quarterback. I mean, what else does he have to do other than just do it throughout the course of, of a full season, which I think is his next mission uh, moving forward. So it's uh, it's nice that his his sort of coming, you know, his sort of welcome back party, as Eric Bittemey said today, uh, was against the team where he had his injury uh, back in October. It single-handedly made the preseason all worth it um, for all the reasons <laughs> you just described. So there you go. Jody Ford's season officially, officially, officially back. And uh, perhaps better than ever. That's what perhaps. I said. There, there's I'm a, there's many a, are saying. There's a real chance. I mean, <laughs> there like it's it's stunning to me. Like there's a real chance that uh you know, based on you know, the limited amount he played last year, yes, he could have better stats this upcoming season than he had last season. Um, you know, based on some of the information I was able to report, it seems like his body based on uh, people within the organization and those that he worked with outside of the organization throughout the offseason, they feel like his body is more prepared for this NFL season than ever before, especially at the tight end position, which is one of the more punishing hmm. positions outside of like linemen, you know, because you yeah. are you, you do still have that that duality in terms of your role and responsibility and you're and you're just operating most of the time in the middle of the field, which is where I don't know violence occurs so (laughs) (laughs) it's like wow why are why are cornerbacks divas it's because they're never ever in the middle of the field guys which means their bodies don't hurt all the time um but you know um based on talking to you know his strength coach and um you know just seeing yeah just sort of getting a better sense of where he is, it'll, it'll be fascinating to know um, if he's just in a better place than where he was a year ago, where he had no NFL experience. Now it's like, you have that experience, you go through this injury, hopefully you come back stronger. um, And now he can be, he can be a real weapon. It's, it's stunning. You know, I don't, I don't ask much in this, in this job fellas, but every, every August he makes us, he makes us, he makes us take account as to what he's done, and uh, and I'm just glad to I'm just glad to serve as an instrument for for this for this journey that we're all on. This honorable cause, Amen. Uh, yeah, so just just incredible. Uh, my my absolute, of course, I think probably unanimously for this show, the thing we had to open with. But since it's the preseason, there's I don't think that there is an obvious like unanimous next thing that we need to talk about. I didn't warn you about this ahead of time because I didn't know that I was going to do this until now, but I was kind of just thinking again, do you guys want to just do a little round table situation where we can all kind of pick something that we think is interesting from this game? You can go first team offense or defense or second team offense or defense. If you wanted to talk about Justin Reed, Seth, since you weren't here last episode and how great of a kicker he seems to be, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you the full scope of it all. Um, in fact, Seth, if you want to, if you want to start with a positive, I, I have a, I, I want to talk about the running back group at some point, so that won't slip through the cracks. Um, but I, I think it would be, it would be fun since I think you can reasonably take away very different things in a preseason game that we could just do that for ourselves instead of me telling you guys what you should talk about. Um, Seth, I, you were, you even surprised me a little bit by already writing about Nick Bolton. I, I don't know if he's your answer or not, but it would certainly be a good one. 
Um, if I were to pick someone from the last game, I mean, he was the first person to pop out. Um, as you try to think about, you know, the first team defense against the <clears throat> the the Bears and the Commanders uh, has has looked pretty competent. And a big part of that is Nick Bolton. And so I, I a thing that I would say is Nick Bolton, after being better last year than I thought his ceiling was as a pro, looks like he's better again this year. And I don't know how he's doing this. Like <laughs> he just like. It's just some dudes just know how to play football. And like one thing I have to, a lot of people like when they talk about Nick Bolton, they kind of wax eloquent to me about his heart and his grit and his toughness. And that is, he clearly has a lot of those things, but it is kind of an insult to all the guys with a ton of grit. Like Rudy had a lot of grit too. And that dude wasn't going pro. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like it, let alone being like good. It's not like, like if Rudy had been on the field for the whole game, it would have gone from a feel good story to local man gets injured on field. He did not belong on. (laughs) Right. Like heart and grit can only do so much. Like with Bolton, he's got his unusual strength. He looks a little quicker this year. He did say he's down a little bit of weight. If I recall. Yes. And you can tell he's still tackling just as hard. But he looks like he's moving just a tick faster. And he also, that recognition and stuff he talked about at camp, it seems like that's happening a tick faster. And he really was a guy who he he plays faster in pads. Or let me put it this way. He doesn't slow down in pads. Mm. Whereas a lot of dudes do. And um, there's a there's a guy, even in even in my state as of this past weekend, um, he wears number 53 on his jersey. He looked slower than the previous 53. <laughs> that was that was a rough snap. I actually I almost tweeted something about um during the game when there there was a uh, a throw to the to the running back in the middle of the field and I like almost tweeted out like man that looked familiar cuz there was 53 just chasing him down way behind him with no chance of catching him. I think but, that contract's fully guaranteed, right? It is. It is. Yeah, okay. It is, All right. It is. When I t- just ate, so we don't have to play the uh, the noise game on this one. I just if, whenever I start typing spottrack.com into my Google bar, it now autofills to slash NFL slash Kansas City's Chiefs slash Jermaine Carter <laughs> because I've gone to this page a number of times, sort of with that question of. Is he definitely? Uh, is he definitely going to be here? Because it's, it's be a number of those things. It's it's uh. You know that gift, you know that Denzel gift at the press conference where he just he just kind of rubs his chin in his neck. We 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 at that point of the uh, of the process. So I don't I don't. My guess is no. <laughs> it's Nick Nick Bolton is uh, what he didn't take another man's job. He. He he ensured that the job might be pointless. Is that is that a better way of framing it than saying he took a man's job? Because he always had this job. Yeah, he's always had this job. No, this job was given to him uh pretty much the day the season ended. Um <laughs> It's it's possible. I mean, sure, that's that's a comforting way of saying it. Um but but I'm just I'm just accentuating your point, Seth, which is that, you know, uh one similar, you know, players at similar positions. Just one looked a lot faster in pads than, than the other one in the same yes. in the same game in the same uniform. And that, yes, and that's troubling and 
and impressive, depending on how you look at it. I like that. Troubling and impressive. That, like, defines anything in the preseason, right? Um, or at least, like, in training camp, you know, every play is both troubling and impressive during training hmm. camp. Um, and so I just I'm, – I'm happy to see what Bolton's doing. And him and Willie Gay Jr. look like they could do some stuff. And on a defense where there's a lot of question marks – it would be interesting to see linebacker be a strength of the team because that has not been the case since you could, you could probably DJ. Say, yeah, you could probably say in the Steve Spagnuolo era, it's never been a strength. Yeah. they And this is... You I know, would happily say that <laughs> quickly. Yeah. And, and Anthony Hitchens did some stuff that's good, but he also... I, he just... He was never like... No one ever played the Chiefs like, ah, oh, you got to watch out for that Anthony Hitchens. Maybe they did, but... That would surprise yeah, it was me. it was watch out for that Anthony Hitchens and then throw the ball towards him. Yeah, yeah, more in the sense of the sniper hey, meme hey. than anything else. Anthony Hitchens though in that in that 2019 AFC Championship game, Derek Derrick Henry is not running me over. As <laughs> soon as I said that, I thought that's the meanest thing I've said about a player in a while, and I'm trying to do that less. But that one was Seth. You walked it up there for me, and it was like, hey, why don't you, hey, 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 here's this. Hey. Here's hey, his puppy. Will you kick look, it? Like, I don't want to kick this puppy. Look, they told Ben Neiman, hey, man, blitz like your life is on the on the line. And guess what he did, you know? And he, he blitzed and he got he got home. He got home to Jim to Jimmy Garoppolo. You know? Hey, uh, Davey Wilson, don't mess up. Guess what? Those, those rings those, aren't going anywhere. Those, those they got him. Those are yours. Guess what? D- Davey Wilson never messed up. Never really messed no. up. He was, he was, he was, he was competent. Yes. In 2019. Yeah championship run and sometimes some of those 11 need to be competent yeah yeah you can't have 11 superstars that's not how football works we got a salary cap and draft picks out here now look from a personal level me and reggie rackman will always be tight i ain't never gonna say a bad thing about reggie rackman okay (laughs) also also super bowl champ yeah super bowl champ reggie ragland underrated contributor to a few important moments in that super bowl run Reggie Ragland. Yep. If I I liked Reggie Ragland. If you would have told me just as confidently that he was not on that team, like if you guys are pulling a prank right now, that's like, hey, let's see if we can get Josh <laughs> to believe that Reggie Ragland's on that Super Bowl team, which he clearly was not. You would, you guys would win right now because I have no idea. I completely, he, I that has, he, I I am he, staggered he, by how he, how dumb I am. He he, he was in the, he was in the Super Bowl, Seth. He he was in the Super Bowl. He he was in the Super Bowl, Josh. <laughs> Reggie Ragland, football reference. He, he he was he was a guy who Super like twice per game, he'd be lined up outside the the edge, and they'd try to run that direction. Oh and yeah, and he'd be like, "Man, I'm glad Reggie Ragland's on this team." Yeah, because... then he would unhinge his jaw and stop it. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. No, I I, love, I really I, I, love I think Reggie my confusion. Ragland. I did too. Oh, oh. I think the reason that I I think the reason I wrote him out there by accident is because he was, like, the only starter who didn't make the run-it-back campaign. Like, that, right? Like, I, I that's not that's not me losing my mind. That's, I feel like that's pretty much what happened. No, yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's, that's, fair. that's fair. Yeah, him him and Kendall Fuller, because didn't Kendall Fuller yeah. go to Washington the next year? Yeah, yeah, Kendall Fuller, which, by the way, was tougher to replace than people might think, because Fuller yeah. can play. As he, by the unless way... Unless he's covering Jody Fortson! <laughs> unless he's covering Jody He, boy, he made a heck of a play on Sky Moore. Um, that was just beautiful coverage. 
and, and, he then, they, and then they were like, hey, 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 Scott, that's enough. That's enough. No, no more, no yeah. more of them real routes. No, yep. no more, like, them, no more of them good ones. No, yep. no, that's it. Yep. It's like, no, no, you're, you're, you're showing a pro here who's got some quiet feet. He's not biting on it. Why don't we just chill for a minute? Oh, no, we just chill. Let's out. get you off the field. And, <laughs> Let's never, like, never run another route. That, yeah, that's like, it. Yeah, hey, Sky, Sky, it's preseason. What are, you, what are you doing with an out and up there, buddy? Like, what are you, what are you, what, what was that a fake? Why, why would you do such a thing? Have you seen what Jody's doing? You know what he does? He runs out there and he's tall and he catches it. Stop it, Sky Moore. Um, that, that is a really interesting point, by the way, though, that they were like, nope, you're nope, good. That's it. Yep, that's the one look we wanted. Yep. <laughs> And, and Fuller covered it really well, to his credit. I mean, man, that dude can play. But uh, but yeah, I I Nate, I'm excited who your one takeaway guy is because I feel like we our round table ends up being a little more of a. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's more of a relay race. Yeah, it's <laughs> like hey, Seth, you run with the baton for ten minutes, then Nate, you run with the baton for ten minutes. And I'm, you know what? I might take it for twenty. Look, I I like it. Okay, I'm going to explain how Andy will not do this, okay? Andy's not going to do this because old school. He ain't going to do this because tradition. He not going to do this because, I'm sorry, is there a game on the schedule? Yes, coach. I get it. They don't need to play them starters on Thursday. Don't do it. Don't do it, coach. (laughs) Ain't no way, coach. Ain't no need. Um, Last year, I thought it was instructive because they went so against the grain of every other offense in the NFL. And you can look this up, like, based on all other 31 offenses, like, they were not playing their starters for all three preseason games. Now, the Chiefs had a whole new offensive line, and the greatest asset in franchise history needed to get comfortable with the men who were in charge of protecting him. Uh, I don't need to see anything else. Like, the, the offense, it was very funny to me that they were just like, hey, Old school, traditional, 1990s, just line it up in two wide receiver, eye formation, baby, against the Bears. And then against the Commanders, they were yeah, like, yep, spread everything out. We can still do whatever we want to do. And I had such a great article idea. I was like, oh, Chiefs, moving back to old school football. Did they line up in their center once? No. Nope. It's like, Andy, <laughs> stop it. That is so mean. Some of these things are intentional, too. Of course. Yeah, of course, it's intentional. And I was just Patrick like, Mahomes threw 19 passes in, in, a, in, a, in a two drives game. of a preseason in game. A preseason game. <laughs> I was like, like halfway through the second drive, I was like, they gonna run the ball, right? <laughs> no, it's not like, well. Like, well, that's I know we're gonna get to that with Josh. Yeah. But like the amount of times where I thought pre-snap, oh, this will be a run. Nope. <laughs> no, this will <laughs> be a run. No. Uh, like they gonna spread it out again? Um. Even on Jody's touchdowns, like, those aren't red zone, like, those aren't traditional red zone formations. It's just <laughs> hilarious to me. So, I don't need, like, we don't need to see it, Coach. Like, I understand that you get basically a three-week um, ice before, obviously, September 11th against the Arizona Cardinals. I understand that you want to keep your guys in rhythm, Um I, I'm okay that Juju Smith-Schuster has not caught a pass in the preseason. I've seen yeah. it with I've seen it with my own eyes. It's going to be fine. He's going to be great. You should pick him up in fantasy football. That's like my one fantasy football <laughs> team. Uh, Travis Kelsey, totally good. Like st- still Hall of Fame worthy. Got it. Hey, you know uh, what? Add him to your fantasy team too. I'll yeah. By it. the I'm way, if he, if he's if tight end one's available, 
I might as well take him somewhere in the first round. Now, I I don't need to see it anymore. Like, I was somewhat surprised that they went out there for the second drive because the first drive went so well. Uh, and then the second drive went so well that I was like, they don't need to play on Thursday. Um, yep. Now, Coach, I would like to see Chad Henney play football because it's kind of been, you know, let's get him into some rhythm. It was it was fascinating to me that I had to watch Shea Shield again, play two quarters of football, which was just, oh, uh, I mean, just gorgeous. <laughs> I I admire Shane Bouchel, cause why not, man? Uh, that I I I if why not lived in in a football form, it's it's Shane Bouchel. <laughs> it's just why why not, Coach? Andy Reid is gonna let him let him play the first three quarters on Thursday if there if there is a loving God who wants us to be happy, and he's just going to openly call it the like fifth round conditional draft pick game like he's just like hey you guys want look at look at what i'm doing with shane bouchelle you want to send us a pick for shane bouchelle yeah Yeah. you're back up yeah right you know um but yeah but i just i just don't think i need to see any like and i also think that extends to the defense too like i don't really need to see much from this defense and i know that might seem somewhat surprising um given that there's a lot of new young players sort of in the mix there too um but you know from the linebackers, um, you know, obviously Chris Jones is dealing with, you know, a sore back, even though he, like, did some work today. Carlos Dunlap apparently is dealing with a sore Achilles. So, like, eh, I don't really need to see anything else from the starting D-line. Um, cornerback is fascinating because they're, just, they're so young that you might as well play them. Um, but I don't think we need to see the starters. I think it's okay in that coach in that coaching meeting room that's probably going to, you know, that coaching – Meaning that's going to happen between third, excuse me, between Tuesdays, Tuesday and Wednesday, before this Thursday finale. It's okay. Like you have eighty players on the roster. This is why they give you eighty players before the final cutdown. If you're, if you, if you feel like you've gotten pretty good work in preseason and in training camp, like I don't, I don't see a need for for the majority of the starters to be available or even in uniform. Uh, for Thursday's game. Sorry if you bought tickets. Or even there. I mean, they might <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you bought tickets already, but, you know, mm. for the sake of, for the, all this is is for the sake of September 11th. And, I mean, how do you prepare, like, I don't know how either one of you would, would handle this, but, like, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you're like, what did I just watch? Like, mm-hmm. how, how do I even prepare? Like, and on defense, like the defense has only played like what four series. Like one of them's gotten close to past midfield. It's just like mm-hmm. so, you know. And Spags, to his credit, shows. I love how Spags like let's show you what it looks like, and then yeah, no, we're not blitzing. Are you out of your mind? It's preseason. It's vanilla. <laughs> make them walk over to the line though. I'm gonna nope, make you think about nope, it. No, nope. no, we got eight guys on the line. Yep, everybody's yeah, backing up. Everybody's back. One, two, three. Yeah, we're good, guys. All right, let's. Let's let's stop with this ridiculous version of football that everyone spread out again. Why are you so close to my yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we're back in zone. All right, everybody in zone. Keep it in front of you. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Since you mentioned it, Nate, I I do want to. I just need to point this out. So whenever this is an issue later on, it won't be like we didn't mention it today. As you said, Carlos Dunlap has been out, and which is now from the Chiefs a uh, an Achilles issue. I just want to say that I would rather have a player be abducted by aliens than have an Achilles issue. I just like I saw those tweets start coming, and I legitimately had like a pang in my stomach. Because no one, and there might be examples of this actually, and at this point I might take them because it might make me feel a little better. There are not a lot of examples that leap to my mind of somebody having an Achilles tightness or a heel issue and that ever not ending with something very bad. Now that might be because I watched... Eric Berry and uh, uh, Derek Johnson yeah, you, you, and you Jody some, Fortson and Eric Fisher. I got some. I got some scar tissue specifically in my heel slash Achilles region. Um, that is just that is a phrase that will forever make me nervous. No. And it won't. It will never go away because it could be week twelve, and I would be worried about Carlos Dunlap's Achilles if he leaves the game looking at it again. You know what? One positive is that Tyreek Hill had an had a heel. They never. They never. They never specified it as Achilles. They but never he gave had, him the Scarlet A. Yeah, yeah but they but he had a a heel 
situation right. basically from right. from basically from early December on. Um and it became an it became an apparent issue like towards the end of the Cincinnati game as we went into the Denver game for the regular season finale. And then hey, they they managed it as, you know, I thought pretty commendable, the training staff, to where he could be, you know, available and, you know, still playing at a high level for the majority of that postseason run. So there's one example where that may work for Carlos Dunlap. Also, he does have three weeks before, you know, he should probably take another snap in a game that will actually matter. So there's, you know, we will monitor this as we move forward, of course. But, you know, um, I can understand your concern while also offering you some bit of optimism um, for a guy who's going into checks, notes, <laughs> year 13. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that does make me feel a little better, and I, I do appreciate that. Um, I will let you know whenever I fully feel okay about it. It might be never. Uh, but that does make me feel a little better. Uh, we also, I think, ought to just do another lap around the round table here because I've got two more guys that are not going to be the thing I'm mentioning here that I want to I want to at least touch on here. But um, the running back group, Seth, you've already written about this. I will let you decide if what you've seen that so far this year has been a problem or not. Um, I do wish that your story would have addressed the small sample size of it all. Um, I feel like you really glossed <laughs> over that. That's a joke because, Seth, hold on. Let me just control F, just the phrase like sample, the word sample here, and I'll, t- I'll get back to you. Uh, but I, I Probably think... Probably eight, nine times. I've got eight, yep. <laughs> yeah. I just control F sample is eight, counting the uh, counting the deck at the top. Uh, so here's here's what I wanted to say about the running back group. I, I think this was trending this way after the Bears game, but I feel like the Chiefs might have shown us kind of where that whole group is at right now. And and you guys tell me if this if this tracks for you. Clyde is the number one running back on this team. Obviously, that's where he's at. That one's easy. But then Jarek McKinnon on that one absolutely ludicrous play that I don't know a little check to the running back in the flat could be ludicrous, but uh, it happened. It does. That that play there, and then and then throughout the game, you, you see Jarek McKinnon is like, I don't know how many snaps he took on third down, honestly, but there in particular, in the first third down of the game, McKinnon's out there as the first third down back, if that makes sense. Right. And then whenever they start dipping into the twos, Isaiah Pacheco is out there in place of Clyde Edwards-Elaire. Now, I don't think he came off the field on third down. I'm not sure how many third downs they hit, to be terribly honest. But what I'm looking at here, and I, I think this tracks... Isaiah Pacheco shows up and the Chiefs are like, hey, we're going to let this guy return kicks and kind of feel out what he's going to be and all of that. But they sign Ronald Jones and Seth, I've been thinking about and and referencing your story about Ronald Jones when they signed him to all the way through today. And I'll keep doing it where he's a first and second down type of running back who has never really been trusted as a pass catcher or pass blocker, etc. He had some redundancies with how they've used Clyde. They really needed a third down back. But they get McKinnon back. And now I kind of wonder if Pacheco isn't the backup across the board, or at least the first and second down backup, which would have been the the most likely role for Ronald Jones. I will still say, despite having seen literally nothing from Ronald Jones that would make me buy into to him still having some juice that he hasn't shown yet, and literally nothing uh, against Washington, I would not be at all bummed or concerned or or upset if they carried all four of these running backs because running backs get hurt. Clyde and Jared McKinnon have both gotten hurt annually, pretty much. Um, And that's the nature of the position. That's not their fault. Just the nature of being a running back at the NFL level. It seems like there would be a role there for Jones if they or, or if not Jones, honestly, somebody else. But that that's kind of my working theory is that the place where Pacheco threw a wrench in everything was by being 
too explosive and too reliable in the first running back off the bench um, kind of role that would have been Ronald Jones's with McKinnon still being their their preferred third down guy. Nate, tell me if I'm right or wrong, and then Seth, tell me if it matters or not. I don't. I don't think you're wrong. Um, it doesn't sound like I'm right. I, I, <laughs> well, I just this thing is somewhat fluid because you know, uh, at least as of right now, Blake Bell with his whole hip situation is he gonna be you know, available for week one. We don't know that yet. So that, that, but he's got to be on the roster to obviously stay. Like you can't put anybody on IR before cut down day because then they're, it, they're iced for the season. Also to that point, the Chiefs put in a waiver claim on Kendall Blanton, the, the tight end, former Mizzou tight end. I, this, we started the show talking about literally the fourth tight end on the depth chart. So, um, it doesn't. That would surprise me if they were looking at him for uh, tight end competition. I wonder if that was Blake Bell concern at all. I don't know. Right, and then I, I mean, do I have to? Is this? I mean, I have to. It's my job. I got to rewatch these these all twenty two backup lineman snaps that I don't. I, <laughs> I like. You could tell me, and this isn't a. I guess the way you look at it, it could be a bad thing. You could tell me any of these offensive linemen who are the backups, whether it's four or 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 a whole ten group that stays on the fifty three outside of the starting five, and like Nick Allegretti, you can tell me any name, and I'll be like, sure, like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like I, I mean, I got some nice things to say about them. I mean, uh, I don't really see any push, but you know. Uh, so that, that all sort of plays a role into it. But like I said before, and I'll say it here too, to your point, Josh, they want four running backs specifically because mm. durability and obviously someone who could like, you know, be, be a contributor of some kind on special teams. But obviously, um, you never know how that roster is going to be in like mid October to early November when you're really getting to the grind of a season. Um, I don't know if the 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 answer should be Derek Gore, hmm. but I don't know if he's done enough either. And so, who gets the most reps? Excuse me, who gets the most snaps? And how productive they are on Thursday's preseason game might determine that. But I think you're on the right path as to Pacheco threw a big monkey wrench into all of this, and Gore's been a disappointment, and Ronald Jones really hasn't shown too much to make you, you know, to give you, uh, to give you what you thought you were getting when you signed them. So mm-hmm. Seth, what, what matters there? What doesn't as written about in the Ed chief in the North newsletter, that's mnchiefsfan.substack.com or you can go to bit.ly slash Seth really hates money for an annual subscription for just $12. <laughs> um, it, it's that's hard to $1 say what matters a month on average. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say what matters in terms of, uh, <laughs> yeah, sign up for this content. Eh, it's hard to say. I, uh, <laughs> it, one thing we do know is that Clyde has gotten the lion's share of the snaps with the ones. Um, we did see McKinnon get like one or something like that this last week, but we know what they think of McKinnon, right? Yeah, like, right. Um, and, and I don't think they're looking for him to have a big role, but I do think they want to have a role. And honestly, I think if like you were to go to Andy Reid and say, I can give Jarek McKinnon this pill that guarantees he won't get nicked up this year. I, 
I'd be willing to bet there's at least a chance Reed would say, okay, and McKinnon would be RB1 for the rest of the time mm. forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, frankly, in his limited time, he's outplayed Clyde um, in a lot of ways. Um, and Pacheco is a lot of, there's there's a lot of excitement that has not really developed into much in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is they are just like, they really, they're giving Pacheco the, you're, you're one of the primary guys treatment. Like he gets some snaps with the ones and then his day is over. But even those snaps with the ones, I'm not seeing a, a ton of things that make me think he's ready to go out there and like take Clyde's job. Yeah. Um, And so I just, for me, it really has reached a point to where like, at a position where almost every team has at least like one guy who's like average. I look at what the offensive line generally does and I'm like, can one of y'all just be average? Like, can you please like consistently? Because that, that, that has been a problem with the first team in a small sample size. Right. Yeah. The the issue is no one's, no one feels like they've gotten into a rhythm in, in in these preseason games. Yep. And they're there's they're trying to they are working on a lot more um inside zone um as opposed to outside zone and they're working on a lot more between the tackle stuff. Like you're seeing like insert become like where you uh where you've got a tight end pull from the outside to the inside. Um and and cuz he he's inserting, right? Mm-hmm. The hole. And so you're seeing more of that. Um they started doing it down the stretch last year. And you're seeing more of that. And so it seems like they're, they're really trying to work on some stuff, right? The run game, they're trying to really refine some stuff. And I think that's just, in a weird way, I think it's a lot harder to practice the run game than the pass game. Because, you know, you, you can just more realistically simulate game day conditions mm-hmm. on routes. Whereas even in a padded practice, it's not the same thing. And so I, I definitely think they're working out some kinks there. Um, but it, the one thing I would say in terms of, you know, what matters, what doesn't. So what I did is, yeah, I went back and I looked at every first team running staff. And it's, there's only like, I mean, there's not that many of them. You know, hence the small sample size disclaimers. Because what happens when you have a small sample size is one or two things. Like Creed Humphrey had a bad snap where he wasn't able to control the nose tackle. Trey Smith had a bad snap that, honestly, it's one of the last... Uh, uh, video clips that I showed where had Trey Smith managed to climb to the second level and even sort of seal off a linebacker instead of missing. And then, and Pacheco actually hit the cutback lane and the linebacker was waiting for him because Trey Smith didn't reach him. It would have been Pacheco versus a safety with a bad angle or a tough angle, at least in space. And you would have people losing their minds right now Hmm. after, you know, one 70 yard touchdown. And so luck plays a big part with that small sample size, and it's not necessarily just on the running backs, but I will say both Clyde and Pacheco need to show they can run through the tackles consistently in between the tackles. And, and Pacheco is not showing that right now. We'll see if it's something he picks up a little more as time goes by. But you would think if Pacheco was ready to seize the role from Clyde, who has done it at an okay, but not really that good a level, you would think if you were going to improve on that, you would see something from that so far in the preseason. And so far he's shown that he's, he's big, he's fast. He moves pretty well, but 
Can he run the football between the tackles and pick his way through? That he hasn't really shown. Uh, brief mention of the offensive line there, and then also just glancing back over at the snap charts again. Nate, you can you can keep this one pretty shallow if you, if you think it's a shallow answer. If you need to dig in, that's cool. Uh, but is Darian Kennard going to make this football team? Because he, he was out there with the last team offensive line. Like, um... Ro- and also, Roderick Johnson, also not great. Roderick Johnson, yeah. David Steinmetz, and uh, Darian Kennard were your, your <clears> only <throat> three linemen to only see the field on those last two drives. Was Steinmetz one of the two that got cut today? One yes, of the three? I believe There's so. There's two defensive backs, and then uh, I believe David Steinmetz. I'll, yeah. I'll confirm that again here. But Yeah. No, no, no. Um, you're asking- it was him. So, yeah. yeah so, so yeah. just real quick for context. The only three guys who only played nine snaps on the offensive line being the last nine offensive snaps of the day were the guy that got cut today as they moved from 85 down towards 80. Roderick Johnson, who was at one point the presumed swing tackle LT on this team. LT2! He was, I he mean, was LT1 until Orlando Brown showed well, up. Well, yeah, but like... And he was in <laughs> he, he, he projected as LT2, guys? Yeah, so you got your fifth-round pick... You, the guy that just got cut today and LT2 uh, is the so, guy that got those nine snaps. So you're asking me, is Kennard going to make the opening day roster? Yeah. Is this like the sound game, but the sound is silence? <laughs> that, that, that's, we, not, we, that's not what did, you hear. Did Nate leave the Zoom? No, I'm still here. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, okay. All right, very good. All right, thanks, thanks, now, Nate. That was, you know now, what? I said you could keep it. I said you could keep it, keep it short. Short, that was yeah. The shortest ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ten yeah, seconds yeah. of silence. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, people are looking at their phones like they get notifications. Yeah. Oh, I, look, I know it's an audio. Uh, no, 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 no. You said a lot just then. You said a lot more. Than I hope. You. I hope that was. I hope that came across. Uh, yep. To yep. to 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 you, sir, and and yes, you, ma'am. I I hope that was. I hope that came across. It's time, guys. It's time. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes you look at a player and you project things mm-hmm. and then reality is reality informs you that um, that projection is going to take longer mm-hmm. and that there might need to be some tinkering. In this case. The majority of teams, un- of my understanding, the majority of teams thought because of his physicality and to make it simple for him in the NFL, people thought that Darian Kennard should be a guard. Mm-hmm. Because when you play tackle, it's hard. It's a bit more complicated, and you are out there um, kind of in your own version of an island. Um, and sure, you you played at the, at the SEC, and sure you were a three year starter, and that's great. These are all human freaks. Um, you know that 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 Vanderbilt defensive lineman, he he not in the league, okay. Um, every now and then, Ole Miss has a good defensive lineman. Again, not every year. Every week, it's hard. So, which is why it's so commendable what Andrew Wiley has done going in the opposite direction from guard yeah. to tackle. True. Um, all of this is to suggest is that it's probably time for him to start sprinkling him in some snaps at guard. 
just to get a look so that you have done your due diligence. Because I'm not sure, at least as of right now, if he's ready to be a tackle. Um, footwork, technique, hand placement, and the consistency of which he does that. Well, that, that's where the hard part comes in. It's hard to make it in the NFL in general. Um, and there were too many teams that thought he was guard potential. And the Chiefs were one of the few teams that thought he, because of his experience in college, that he could translate a bit smoother just staying at the tackle position. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Okay. He, he should probably move to guard. All uh, right. And, and at least see what that is before, um, you know, I I would just think it's probably it's probably okay for him to to play both right now just just to see what feels right what looks comfortable. The problem is you only get one more preseason game to do it in game action, mm-hmm. um, which in which if I was a rebuilding team, he would be on the fifty three man roster. If I was a team trying to compete for the Super Bowl, well, this is where this is where. This is where you learn about the business sooner than you probably anticipated. Hmm. Okay. Um, I We might run out of, of space on the round table, but I think you guys will both be happy to talk about the two guys whose initials I have scribbled down on a piece of paper here. Two guys that I was, I think, hesitant to buy the hype on. And this is dumb, but after two preseason games, I'm also <laughs> kind of buying the hype. Um, it, it, we'll start with the maybe the more obvious one. And Seth, you wrote about him after the, the first preseason game. And so we can, you know, bake all that in here all you want. But the sacks that George Karloftis has gotten in the preseason are are like AI generated George Karloftis pressures <laughs> to make us understand what he would look like at the NFL level. Right. Like, am I losing it? It just seems like all the scouting reports all got crammed into a computer and it spat out some footage. Like, All right. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have him. I don't know, man. What do you think? Double teamed. Make it a push. Have that him, was... You know what? Have him spin around. Somebody, you know what? Put somebody, have somebody hold him also. And then, oh, have him sack. Wait for it. Carson Wentz. What do you think, guys? <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's perfect. Yeah. A guy, well, a like, guy who holds on to the ball a little long? <laughs> yeah. Like, I kind of, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be. But I, I do buy that he's at least going to be that a really annoying few snaps a game, at least for an offense. Hey. And probably an exhausting dude to block for a, for an hour. Right. He, that's a really good way of describing what he looks like already. He's still yeah. working on that first step. His first step was better than he gets credit for in college. Mm-hmm. And he's not timing it quite as well as he could. But he, the thing, the thing with him that you wondered is okay. So at the, at the college level, you never know how anything translates. He he's more he was more athletic in college than he got credit for. He was stronger. You know, you played with strength. Is that going to translate? Is he still going to look a little more athletic than you think? He looks more athletic on the NFL field than I expected. Yeah, and he looks that, that's a good way to say it. he looks exhausting and annoying to play. I mean, it just never stops. Right now, I'm watching a a, a play where. He ends up double teamed, more schematic than him necessarily forcing it. And he just will never stop. Like he never knocks it off. Like you can almost picture the offensive lineman be like, bro, come on, man. Like we obviously have you blocked. Can we all just take a (laughs) breath for a second? Can we just chill? 
I feel like, and Nate, you could probably speak to if this happened ever or very often at training camp, but I feel like Orlando Brown and George Karloftis could just kind of whack each other for a full-league feature film. Like, I just think that that, <laughs> that one-on-one could probably go on for the rest of time because they both they will both die a slow death, to pick, pick a phrase that, that Seth popularized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's very true. And um, I just like that he's doing it within the frame of the system, too. Yep. It, it doesn't feel like he's, you know, um, he he not soloing it out there. You know, he's yeah. not, um, he's not, he's still doing it within the structure of it and recognizing the down and distance situation, which, um, which bodes well. Because, yeah, I think I think these skills are are translating fairly well. Um, it's nice that he's getting that feeling. Um, because any player, you know, who's young needs to have confidence and needs to be sort of reassured or get some confirmation that, that, that they, Hey, that you're an NFL player, that you can, you can do this at the highest level and you can have success. Um, I, I just love that, uh, he is who we thought he was (laughs) and, and uh, hopefully teams let him off the hook a few times if you're, if you're a Chiefs fan. <laughs> He's just like – here's the other thing that I think just immediately made me like just n- not not like anti-Karloftis but, but nervous about the pattern – is that whenever you hear for for months that he's a motor sponge, that he is a sponge motor, <laughs> that I think we called him on the radio show, uh, sponge, George, sponge George Motor Pants, I think. Oh, like, those are the only two words that anyone knows how to use to describe George <laughs> Karloftis. But, like, Breland Speaks was never on the ground and, like, more athletic than you'd think or whatever, or right. less athletic, depending on the position. And and I, I hate that trap because it doesn't require any real analysis. Like, you can just say, oh, he just, he loves football and, and trying hard. It's like, cool, man. <laughs> I go out there and try really hard for a long time. I tried really hard in the current media game for seven and a half minutes. And for four of those minutes, I was holding my side because I couldn't breathe anymore. Like, you know, I, we could try, but can you actually do the thing? I And, like, it seems like he's better. You, you mentioned this point in your, in your piece about him, Seth. But, like, he seems like he might be a smidge bendier. It, it seems like he is yeah, actually learning things already. Like, physically, he might be in a little better space. And the motor thing... Gosh dang it, as much as I want to, as I don't want to buy into that in general, I guess I buy it for Karloftis. I guess I do. <laughs> and that, so, you know, it, to return to like the Nick Bolton conversation, mm-hmm. this heart stuff and effort stuff and motor stuff, all that, you have to be, it's a roller coaster. You must be this tall. But once you are at those requisite things, and if yeah. you accompany above average strength, above average athleticism, good hand placement, then suddenly that motor stuff matters a lot more. Good point. You know, like like being like a really high motor guy, but you have the physical talent of, I'm trying to figure out how to not dunk on anyone right now. Um, some subpar NFL talent, we'll say. Having that great motor then, like that might keep you in the league. But it's yeah. not going to do a lot in terms of moving the needle consistently. Mm-hmm. If you've got that other stuff and that motor, suddenly it matters a great deal more. Suddenly, and, and easy everyone, suddenly you, you know, you've got a Tom Bahali who right. never, I think he is still rushing a pass rusher <laughs> somewhere yes. right now. Bleed like I would not run past exhausted. Tom Bahali with a football. No, I'm, my God. If no. someone offered me like, hey, you know, that's Tom Ali sitting over there. Like we're at the food court of some mall somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's Tom Ali sitting over here. All right, here's the deal, dude. I'll give you 50 bucks. 
I'm going to give you this football and I want you to go kind of near him and drop back like you're pretending to be. I absolutely would not do that. Because hey, I really think Holly he'd be like, over there. boom! Go, go get, he would go get in a three-point stance in front of him. Just, he would just don't slap move, that but... table to the side and proceed to break me in half. And then he'd really nicely apologize. Like, sorry, man, something just happens to me when I see a football. I'd be like, no, I knew that was going to happen to me too. Yeah, no, I really appreciated that about you for many years. But yeah. right now, I can feel my spleen. <laughs> yeah. which, Hold on, which I can you... actually... Taste my spleen? Oh my god! I can taste my spleen. And Karloftis does seem to have that in addition to, again, if you just look at him out there, everyone's talking about, wow, you know, Frank Clark, Frank Clark looks so spry. Karloftis looks as spry as Frank Clark. And that's Clark down to like, you know, a buck 90 or whatever he's playing at now. And he's going to get lighter, by the way, every podcast. By the time we get (laughs) mid-season, that dude's playing at 78 pounds. He's he's that receiver for these 2-2 out well, and he's doing it from the edge. And so it's just interesting that, I mean, that that sack, yes, Carson Wentz held on to the ball for a long time. Time. But that's what Carson Wentz does. does. He, yeah, he's a and, starting and, NFL quarterback. Yeah, and plenty of quarterbacks do that. And there's yeah. a big difference between a sack that takes four or five seconds because it took you four or five seconds to to get by your guy and he mm-hmm. just couldn't block the angle anymore. It's a completely another one where you bull rush the, the tight end like he's not even there. And then when the right tackle comes and helps, you manage to keep fighting through and spin around him. That is a good snap. Like that was a high quality snap, not just a high effort snap. And there's a difference. And that's where Karloftis, I'm just curious how they're going to keep him off the field because they clearly want to start. Like they started Mike Dana over him. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. I like Mike Dana. Mm -hmm. You can see the difference in how they move physically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying um, Russell Wilson's hesitancy plus <laughs> George Karloftis's motor, sponge motor, equals George Karloftis sack against the Broncos. You, you, Somewhat, yes, you put that down? it you could. Put that down? It could. It you could. Put that down? I mean, Russ moves a little bit better even now. Although I got to be honest, I look at Russ Wilson and I'm like, every now and then, I'm like, me too, man. I get it. <laughs> it you know, you've been married for way, a while. Which, you're happy. Part? Yeah. <laughs> you've been married for a while. You're happy. Life is going well. You're kind of a shorter guy. So every pound looks a little different on you. I get it. I get it. Russ Wilson, man, Denver fans already hate me so much. Look, but like, look, you, that, I don't know if you guys were, were I, I mean, I'll call it being forced to watch <laughs> Bill's Broncos before hmm. Chiefs Commanders. <laughs> you mean you mean Super one Bowl team, contending roster? What one team looks like a spaceship, and one team <laughs> looks like boy Russell Wilson got to do a lot of work, guys. <laughs> a lot of work. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, if he decided to, and, and again, you know, the Broncos sat a lot of their starters. I get it. My my timeline was filled with Bills analysts just frothing at the mouth and Broncos analysts screaming about the fact, you know, there's still a lot of starters, guys. Guys, it's going to be okay. This is meaningless. And it was really fun to watch. But But, but again, one team looks like uh, 
if it ain't this year, it better be this year. If one team looked like, all right, man, when the season start, dog, why, why, why y'all trying so hard? Why is the stadium maxed out? I'm like, why? Buffalo, man, I give it to them. They are. <laughs> whoo, they, that was an enjoyable preseason game to watch because Josh Allen was only out there once and they kept dogging him. Oh, <laughs> so when you put it together, like, man, like this roster is talented. Um, but yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, we'll, we'll, I just want to see it, dog. But y'all ain't going to let me see it until the, until the opener. Plus, they play the Seahawks, which. <sighs> the NFL, man. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, Gino. Hey, dog, I'm praying for you. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm praying I'm praying for Gino and his entire family. Poor Gino. And when Drew Locke, whenever you end up there, I'm just I'm I am going to try to cast a magical spell on you if at all possible <laughs> because there's anything you have for that game. It would just it would be so funny. It would be uh, like and, and I know we've wandered a little bit from Carloftis. By the way, no, that's the, okay. The, the show's the, over. We're at the hour mark. Yeah. I, the furious... hey, here's, my, here's my last take. Justin Watson, he's gonna get the touchdown pass in the regular season this year. There's my take. All right. Oh, ahead. that's a good take. Yeah, I um, like it. The the furious George nickname for George Carloftis yeah. is just beautiful stuff. That's my favorite one by far. I'm, I'm trying to help get that one off the ground. I made a meme. I'm trying to get us there. It's so natural. It just yeah, it's yeah, so it, natural, it and that's how the person should be. Yeah, it fits the personality, right? And so hopefully he starts like someone passes along to him, and he starts doing a King Kong celebration after every sack, right? Like you know the beating yeah. the chest thing, yeah, Furious. or like swatting at planes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I wanted to go climb Orlando Brown on the sideline, <laughs> oh, and then no. and Why? then swat <laughs> and then swat at Frank Clark, who's you know <laughs> roughly the size of a plane. As opposed to the, sorry, Frank Clark. Hey, guys. Frank Clark, he, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, is listed anymore. at, look, look, on my piece of paper. Okay. He is listed at 6'3". Now, that's accurate, we all assume. I can't even get this out of my mouth, y'all. Come on, what is he listed at? <laughs> 272. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. 275. What? That's like me being listed at 200 pounds still on my driver's 272? license. 272? 272? Come on. Come on. Hey, what's... Mike, Mike Dana is listed at 257. And we all got eyes. <laughs> what's, uh, what's Danny Shelton listed at there? <laughs> now, look. Danny Shelton only got a couple third quarter, early fourth quarter snaps, but... It don't matter, y'all. Well, that was no, that was because that was because the crew at Arrowhead asked if he would please get off because they didn't have they didn't want to have to put in a, a crater filler for Thursday night football. They had to really get that thing turned around quick. <laughs> yeah, didn't risk him putting Danny, a date in it. Danny Shelton is listed at six two, square body three forty five. I okay, I believe that. I believe he that. said that he would play around three forty to three fifty. Right, yeah. three fifty, coach. What should he get? Three fifty five. Danny Shelton could get to 360 in like an hour and a half, I feel like. I think <laughs> he's incredible. And there goes the entire A gap, kids. There yep. he is. That's it's, what, just the A gap. It's 9 2. You're worried about the A gap. Danny Shelton's trying to get the first half of the alphabet gap. <laughs> his nickname becomes the A gap. He's such, a, he's such a great guy to talk to, too. He was, he was, he was, he was quite the joy when we talked to him oh my towards the end of camp. Um, but yeah, like, I just. When you, by the way, quick little thing, Seth. When you mentioned like, hey, here's why you know 
you still need traits, you still need skill, but yes, it would help if you had like heart. Uh, I always think about Jerry Rice in that heel for some reason. I always go back to like Jerry Rice was showing more determination to everybody because he was running a mountain every day, and they're like, Every day, he's like, Every day, come on, Jerry, like this is unnecessary. Yeah, but, stop but like, running the mountain, Jerry. But stop run, like stop running the like, huh? Like, yeah, man, every day. But it's the all. <laughs> but it's so and so's wedding day. But, but <laughs> no, some some guys are just uh, they just they're just hashtag different. hashtag built different. Just different, you know. Uh. But, but Jerry Rice had all the skill and all the all the motor, all the heart. Yeah. You want me to run another route? <laughs> Cause I'll be wide open, uh- <laughs> Coach. Can I just go out and run like ten more routes after practice? Jerry, go home. <laughs> <laughs> You're Jerry Rice. Rice. What are you You're, doing? You are a middle-aged man, and we still can't stop you. I don't get it, but go home, Jerry. Jerry you're 36. You made a rookie cry today. Go yes. home. I'll just. I'm sorry. Just a side note. Now, this is the end of the show. No, this is this isn't a side note. This could be the last words you say on this episode okay. of Times Arts, and then Nate can say the final thing, and then the show's over. Also, sorry, here's my last thing. Jerry Rice had 429 receiving yards at age 42. Go ahead. Oh, oh, <laughs> running slants in your eyes. This man had back to back thousand yard seasons at 39 and 40. That's so hard. Running slants, 40. outs, and digs all in your face. Yeah, he just, had 1,200 receiving yards in, in his age 40 season. Okay, I'm turning off my microphone. That's so unbelievably hard to do. I uh, Unbelievable. So uh, there's lots to talk about. We talked about Tessa with the Chiefs, but my, my final thought, because we talked about the Broncos a little bit, and I don't think that preseason game necessarily meant anything, but I got to say, I'm kind of a chaos guy. I kind of enjoy things happening where everyone yeah, man, just we loses know. their minds. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I've been hosting this podcast with you for years. I get it. (laughs) I just, as much as it would bring me joy for a number of other reasons, if the Broncos, after this whole, like, oh, my goodness, we've brought in another savior, just like we did with Manning back in the, you know, in the last blessed era, we've now brought in a new savior. If it just blew up, I would love it so much. It would be so funny. And if they lose in week one to Seattle, can you imagine the overreaction? Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes. I can I, in three dimensions. <laughs> All right. I'll, I will I will get us out of here on this. Um, yes. It's Thursday. It's the last preseason game. Look, we're, we're still scouting. Okay. As should you. Back in the day, they used to have 40s. So I guess we we should be grateful that there are only three. Um, We don't anticipate that there will be a Jody Fortson-like performance uh, coming out of nowhere uh, because rosters are a bit different now. Um, But I do hope that somebody on Thursday night wins a job. That's why you you should tune in. Because if the starters don't play, or if they only play very little, like... Can Jalen Watson win a job? That's why Thursday's important. Um, so I will just leave it at that. Yes, it's the most meaningless game in the entire NFL calendar. But somebody can still win a job. <laughs>